Hello everybody, this is Captain Katz. And we are Katz. Alright, and welcome back to the show. Uh, and just want to say sorry, we haven't had a show the past couple weeks. Life. Life, work, you know. Uh, things happen. You know, things get in the way, you can't predict it, and you know, just gotta do what you gotta do. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so without further ado, we'll just start the show. Uh, today we're only going to be having one topic, but this topic is a very important topic. And that topic is the year 1962. Uh, many people would think of why 1962. There were some other things that were important in 1962. But in terms of pop culture, and especially in terms of comics, 1962 was a very important year because that's when Marvel Comics grew into what they became now with the help of some very important issues and some very important characters. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about them. Yeah, and one of them is uh, rather kind of obscure, but it has big weight. Yeah. Help, Volume 2 by Warren Publishing. It was released in February of 62, but the editor was Harvey Kurtzman. Yeah. Harvey Kurtzman uh, is the... Uh, Guy behind uh, Mad. Mm-hmm. From 52 until 56. And um, he did some strips for Playboy and stuff like that. But, um, Help, um, it's his longest running magazine project after leaving Mad. So this is when he got right back into it and he was uh, satirizing and all that stuff. But not under his uh, famous Mad collaboration. Yeah. So that's huge. Mm-hmm. But also equally huge, but, you know, whatever at the time, mm-hmm. was a little, little comic called The Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. The writer was Stan Lee, and the artist was Jack Kirby. Yeah. Um, Came out in May. Yeah. And a funny thing, too, about The Incredible Hulk, it was canceled after six issues. <laughs> yeah. But who would have thought, you know, it would have lasted all this entire year. You know, you had a very... Well, you, you know how everybody knows the origin of the Incredible Hulk. You know, Bruce Banner tries to save somebody from from a nuclear explosion test site. One thing led to another. Blow, saves a kid. Blows up. But instead of dying, he becomes the Incredible Hulk. And it's not just uh, the birth of the Incredible Hulk in this. Uh, uh, this is well. I'll just focus on the Marvel comics list because mm-hmm. it's, it, it, it's uh, a lot of who's a lot who. of who's who were born, but they were nobodies back then. Right. And I will go from alphabetical order. I'll go down the list. Ant Man, Tales to Astonish, number thirty-five, September. Mm-hmm. Aunt May from Amazing Fantasy, number fifteen, August. We'll get to what, what why I said Aunt May. Uh, Balder. Uh, Journey into Mystery, number 85, October, 62. Mm-hmm. Betty Ross, The Incredible Hulk, number one, May. Doctor Doom, Fantastic Four, number five, July. Yeah. yeah when he was a nobody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Egghead, uh, Tales to Astonish, number 38, of December. Mm-hmm. Hank Pym, uh, Tales to Astonish, number 27, of January. Mm-hmm. Obviously, The Incredible Hulk. Uh, Loki, Journey into Mystery, number 85, as well as Odin, in the same issue, in October. 
the Puppet Master in Fantastic Four uh, number eight, November. Uh, Rick Jones is uh, the Incredible Hulk. Uh, Sif, uh, Journey into Mystery number eighty-five. Spider-Man. He was birthed here, uh, number in Amazing Fantasy number fifteen, August. It used to be called Amazing Adult Fantasy. Not the kind of adult we know now. Mm-hmm. Back then, it you know carried weight, like it was for you know big higher reading. So they renamed it to Amazing Fantasy, and in this August of sixty-two, number fifteen, the birth of Spider-Man, right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Scrolls, Fantastic Four number two, January. Uh, the birth of Thor, Journey into Mystery number eighty, uh, number eighty-three in August. Thunderbolt Ross, Incredible Hulk number one. Uncle Ben, Amazing Fantasy, uh, The Wizard, Strange Things, uh, number 102, uh, uh, November. And finally, Zarko, The Tomorrow Man, from inter- uh, Journey into uh, Mystery, number 86, November of 1962. Yeah, so like I said, a lot of huge players came out of this year, and that's why 1962 is a very important year for comics, mostly in the Marvel side. Um, and we're just gonna break them down. So, like, we start off with the Incredible Hulk, very iconic, um, very interesting mythos. Issue only lasted. The series only lasted uh, six issues, got canceled for some odd reason. But what made the Incredible Hulk so interesting at the time, so different and unique, was how human they made him. And also, this was their way of protesting. You know. Uh, nuclear testing and everything and whatnot. Yeah, the dangers the of uh, you know using nuclear power for you know, like how you use Lysol today. You know they were advising the dangers of doing stuff like that. Right. You know it could fall to the wrong hands. Obviously, there's against communism, but then again, using nuclear plants is uh, the number one energy to replace you know conventional electricity. Yeah. And. Um and still to this day, um, you know, we see the Incredible Hulk has like a lot of interesting runs, a lot of interesting takes. Uh, most notably, like Planet Hulk, World War Hulk, um, the Immortal Incredible Hulk, and the films and everything like that that's going on. And. If it wasn't for this, if it wasn't for 1962, you know, we wouldn't even have the Incredible Hulks. We wouldn't even have, you know, Bruce Banner or, you know, or Thunderbolts Ross or Betty Ross. Um, we wouldn't, nobody wouldn't know who Luke Ferrigno was if it wasn't for the Incredible Hulk in the television mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't, we wouldn't know there was... Thor. F- well, no, well, I was going to say from the Incredible Hulk side of things. We wouldn't know all these different aspects and traits and um, human-like essence that he, that the, the Hulk has, you know, and all these crazy abilities he has and can quite considerably one of the strongest uh, heroes in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. But it also shows that, you know, you don't, you know, it also kind of breaks the mold that, you know, like, like Superman would be more powerful than all, you know, all types of superheroes. Yeah. The Incredible Hulk shows that, you know, guys like that have weaknesses. But this is, you know, but this one is going hit, to hit home to these people because um, even though he's super strong, he's really super weak. 
Right. You know, he can't control his anger. You know, maybe a flying his suit will turn him into the Incredible Hulk or um, empathy. Or you know, or if he's mad as the Incredible Hulk, he shows empathy. He's yeah. not supposed to show empathy, but he does. Right. You know, and and, and, and also and also you know the, the the traits of society. I'm like, oh my God, he's green and he's huge. He's like a, a monster. But for some reason, he's saving the homeless from a flood, or you know, right. you know, going against a supervillain that's going to hurt people. And Doctor Jekyll, Dr. Yeah. Jekyll, Mister Hyde syndrome. Yeah, except you know, this is in reverse, and mm-hmm. but people just you know at the time people were like, yeah, yeah, you know, without knowing you know what's really going on with the guy. Mm-hmm. And you know the funny thing is too, with the Incredible Hulk, during that time his six issue run. A lot of college students and the high school students were reading The Incredible Hulk because well, he, he was relatable. Well, yes. And the 60s was a very, you know, vivid, confusing, you know, big shift of uh, changes. You know, civil rights. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the eve of, you know, the, I think it was the aftermath of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Everybody's you know, unhinge. Right. I think the death of McCarthyism, but unfortunately, we still feel kind of those effects in California today. Mm. Um, you know, everybody was all like, uh, too much coffee. Right. Paranoid. You know, and what about the teens, you know? At the time, you know, they felt, ugh. Right. You know, there's no way we can, we can relate. You know, you know, our, our fathers were, or my mothers and fathers are from World War Two. You know, they got everything. You know, we're you know we're handed everything, but what do we do with it? Right. You know, and then they had you know stuff like the Incredible Hulk to get them by before the drugs. Right. Well, before the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, yeah, and then let's talk about Thor. So. Because oh, actually, before that, you know, there's some notable deaths in 1962. Mm. Uh, January 13th, Ernie Kovacs. Mm. Yeah, he he was the uh, comics writer for Mad. Yeah. Died at a car accident at, at age 42 in 62. Uh, some other big players, um, or some obscure big players, like Bob McKay. You know, he continued uh, his father's Little Nemo and Slumberland legacy. Yeah. Died at 65. Um, Dick Calkins, mm-hmm. Buck Rogers, yeah, May twelfth, died at sixty-seven. John H. Strebel, uh, he did uh, Dixie Duggan, mm-hmm. seventy-nine. Uh, John Willie, uh, actually, excuse me, age seventy-six on May twenty-fourth. Uh, in August, John Willie, he did Sweet Gwendoline. Right. Uh, George Carlson, you know, he worked for Jingle Jangle Comics. He died at age 84 or 85. Um, Guillermo Cifre. He did Don Furcio, Cucufato, uh, P, Reporter Tribulete. Um, <laughs> he was 39. Yeah. And uh, November, Alberic Bourgeois. Bourgeois. Bourgeois mm-hmm. I'm sorry. A Canadian artist. He did L'Aventure de Timothée. Mm-hmm. L'Aventure de Toynon. 
Right. Passed well, away at eighty six. Yeah, but, but before we continue on, before we and continue. finally, you know, just, you know sp- just, we don't know when when he died exactly, but right. Hal Rasmussen, uh, American illustrator and comic artist, he did Aggie Mac. Yeah. He died at uh, age sixty one or sixty two. Yeah. Um, if you guys listen to me chuckling, is because uh, the uh, the third artist was Brazilian, right? Guillermo Cifre. Yes. Oh, he's Spanish. Spanish. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I remembered reading some of his comics. Um, they were really funny, especially the last one about the news reporter. Oh, reporter three. Uh, el reportero tribulete. Yes. Um, it's somewhat dramatic and somewhat comedic at the same time it's just the daily life of a journalist in Spain um I think yeah and um and it was really funny it was funny but tragic because for every good thing that happened to him for that character something bad happened afterwards you know Mm. if it was with money job love you know Something good came with it, and something bad came with it. He had a little bit of both worlds. Um, but it was good. Highly recommend reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was one of the big five in the 50s. Yeah. With uh, Conti, Escobar, Giner, and Peña Roya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Mm-hmm. So, uh, now we're going back to Thor. Thor. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thor. No one ever thought that using Norse mythology into a comic would be not only profitable, but also an interesting read. And it turned out it was. You know? And look where they at now. You know? Um, comic history-wise... Thor was always a hit and a miss. The 90s was a huge miss. I don't want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, the 80s... Like the 70s and the 80s I think was his best years. The 2000s up to now was like hit and miss depending on the, depending on the creative team. The 90s was a complete miss. Like literally... A complete miss. Like, Marvel in the 90s did not go together. Let's just put it like that. There was a couple of hits. There was a couple of good things that came out of Marvel in the 90s. But majority of the time, no. Thor was one of those. But uh, Thor in the 60s and the 70s and the mid 80s. Good read. Really great. Turned out a lot of great stuff. Um, and then he... After the debacle of the 90s... Uh, he came back strong... In the mid-2000s up to now. You know, especially too with the films and stuff like that. And just really put him back on... A top tier. So... Um, and then we have... Doctor Doom. All I'm going to say is this. One of the best villains ever to cre- ever to be created for comics, and if there was a pedestal, if I and like pretty much like this, if there was like a top three of the greatest villains ever in American comics, 
you can always debate one and two would be either Doom or the Joker. Some days it would be Doom number one, Joker number two. Some days it could be the Joker number one, Doom number two. But regardless, at the end of the day, Doom, Dr. Doom is by far one of the most original influential villains that ever came out of Marvel Comics. Mm -hmm. Don't believe me? The look, the, the, the look, the style, the mask, his speech, my God. I would love to talk in third person. <laughs> don't way. forget politics. He's got politics on his side. Well, not just politics. I mean, some of his uh, abilities. It includes, I believe it or not, diplomatic immunity. Oh. Um, yeah, that one is... Okay, so once he kind of quote-unquote conquered Liberia... He registered Liberia to, to the UN, and you know the UN. You know, all right, here you go. Pow, diplomatic immunity, so he can go to the US anytime he wants. You know, it's like, oh, hi, US. This is I, Doctor Doom, Richard Reeds. Uh, uh, uh. Ah, ah, ah. You can't touch me. Diplomatic immunity. So basically, he's like that dude from Lethal Weapon 2, but without the death. <laughs> so that's basically it. Um, yeah, and quite possibly one of the smartest villains ever. Well, I think one of the most smartest people in the Marvel Universe as well. I, I can say that. Even smarter than Richard Reed's. Yeah, I'll say it with no ego. He's that smart. Um, don't believe me? He was a god. For what one issue, turned it down because he thought it was boring. Come on, who wouldn't say no? Who who would have done that in comics? Nobody. <laughs> nope. He he was he was a god, and he's like, ah, that's beneath me. I don't need this. I'm doomed. Yeah, sure. I, it was it was a great taste, but I got bored of it. It was boring. So yeah, Doctor Doom. Very iconic. And then we go to the big player of them all. Oh, Webhead himself, Spider-Man. And he... I. If it wasn't for the success of Spider-Man... Here's a question. Say Spider-Man didn't succeed when he when he was first released. Would Marvel still be around? And if they were, who would be their poster child? Well, you got to remember, they had people like... Uh, uh, Don't say the Submariner because... No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about... You know, I'm, I'm focusing on 62. You know, like, uh, the you know, they, they had, you know, Amazing Fantasy... Uh, the Tomorrow Man, they not that much to offer, you know, like Hank Pym, uh, Balder, Ant Man, uh, Loki, Odin, Thor. They probably could have been, but it didn't. Uh, Sif, uh, uh, the Wizard, Zarko. 
Right. I'm not even go I'm not even going on the DC side because they got issues on their own. Yeah. But no. I only but, see and, and on a, a side, there's only two notable people from sixty two. Uh Doctor Light and uh Felix Faust also was born in sixty two. But who who's ever heard of Chameleon Chief? Me. Well, besides you. Yeah, good point. Oh, the metal man. Oh yeah, the metal the metal man, yes. But yeah, but um But yeah, but like I said, um would Marvel still be around if Webhead wasn't a success? No, probably not. Okay. Say if he was a success. Say if Marvel was a success. And he he was like a one and done character. Who would have been Mar- who would have been Marvel's poster child now? Well, I'm looking at um, Journey into Mystery, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm looking at the you know when they introduced Thor, and um, seeing the uh, damn it's twelve cents back in the day. Yeah, and um, you know the two captions, well the three big big captions here is uh, introducing the mighty Thor, the most exciting superhero of all time. Begin the saga of Thor in this issue. Yeah. You know, you have Thor defeating monsters, and looks like <laughs> they're coming off of a big, giant rocket ship. So, he's uh, taking them on with uh, Mjolnir. Alright. So, you know, at the time, that showed promise. Yeah, would, but would he still have, the, would he have the fame, the success, and the, you know, universally love, love, like Spider-Man? No, because, um, historically, uh... Journey into Mystery only lasted uh, uh, well, three revivals after this period. Mm-hmm. You know, the first one is June of uh, 52 to uh, February 66. Then they revised it from 72 to 75. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought Thor specifically, Thor Volume 1 continuation, uh, November of 96 to June 98. Mm-hmm. And then finally, Volume 1 continued. Uh, June 2011 to October 2013, and then... Yep. So... No, it probably wouldn't have survived. Yeah. Without Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, and Spider-Man was just universally loved. Everybody loved him. The story. How he's so relatable. Oh yeah, and as for the Incredible Hulk, he was actually not green and per- with purple pants. He was just gray. Yeah, because uh, that was because of the print, the uh, color issue, on uh, the printing paper, printing presses at the time. Yeah, and still twelve, twelve cents. Yeah. So. And I'll read the captions here. The strongest, the strangest man of all time. Fantasy as you like it. Is he man or monster, or is he both? Mm-hmm. And yet, you said it only lasted uh, six issues. Six, six to eight, issues, like six to eight issues. One. It didn't like it didn't even pass double digits. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm seeing a volume one only lasted six issues. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, but yeah, Webhead, you know, Spider Man. Um, <clears throat> what is there more to say that cannot be said about Spider Man? You know, total icon. Very important person in the history of comics. Very important character in the history of comics. Um, 
unlike the majority of comics in the 90s from Marvel, Spider-Man did survive the 90s, even though there was a hiccup now and then. Clone Saga. Um, um, he did have some good ones. You know, the Maximum Carnage in the TV series. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, if if there's one thing that people love about Peter Parker, what they love about Spider-Man, he's flawed. He's mm-hmm. human. Uh, even to this day, like, even to this day, you know, he's one of the very, very, very few comic characters not just in comics and not just in Marvel, but in comics itself, that knows he's flawed. But and he's okay with it. He knows he can't be perfect. He knows he can't be, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread. He knows he has problems. He has mistakes. He's just like you and me. You know, he's a proud New Yorker. You know? And uh you know, and when he gets called out on his flaws, he'll own up to him. He was like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, I know I'm not perfect, and I know I mess up. You know, you know I'm I'm not this, I'm not that, but hey, I'm the best. I'm I'm the best at what I do. What what I what I got? You know, love me or hate me, I do what I got to do. You know, if I gotta take one for the team, I'll take one for the team." You know, and I think that's what that that what that's what makes Spider Man so unique, so special. You know, kids love him, and you know my my my, uh, my nephew loves the crap out of him because he's so cool. Yeah. You know, don't believe me. Uh, the Comic Con the the Comic Con Museum is going to have. A six-month museum event for Spider-Man. For celebrating his 60th. You know? And I'm taking my I'm taking my nephew. I'm taking my niece. I'm, you know? I'm going to take them there because they want to go. They want to see what makes Spider-Man special. My nephew loves Spider-Man. My niece wants to know what makes Spider-Man so special. You know? And maybe afterwards, then she'll see what makes Spider-Man so special. Why everybody likes Spider-Man. You know, I and I and I, I'll you know, I'll say it myself. You know, I'm a DC person. I'm I'm a DC person. I'm an indie person. You know, if I had to choose between Marvel or DC, I would pick DC all the way. But I have a lot of love and respect for Spider-Man because because he's human. He's the most relatable person in comics that you can see, you know. And I've read a lot of comics. When I mean a lot, I mean not just American comics. I read a lot of European comics. I read manga. I read a lot of the independence and underground scene, you know. Oh, God, I love the underground scene, especially in the 90s. The the eighties, the late 80s, early 90s underground comic scene. Oh, man. 
It's awesome. <laughs> um, and a lot of the weird stuff. Yeah, and a lot of the weird, like, indie stuff that's, like, in between that nobody, like, a lot of people don't, either don't talk about or just don't remember. But Spider-Man is always that one little beacon of hope, that one little thing. Hey, look over here. You know, hey. Yeah, I might, I might not be cool as these guys or, you know, dark as scary as, like, DC or crazy and odd like Vertigo or what's happening over there in Image or, you know, Dark Horse or what's going on in Europe or Asia. But I'm still here. Hey, hello, hey, oh, look at me. And you just can't help but just like, all right, I'll just give this guy a shot, you know. Read it and be like, hey, you know, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he has a lot of iconic, uh, iconic stories. Does he have one of the best rogue galleries in comics on Marvel's side? Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Compared to DC, Nine out of ten times, no, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. But I will admit, there he some. I would say out of those nine out of ten times, he doesn't. There is a couple of times I would say, yeah, he could, depending on what hero, you know. But yeah, he he does have a really good rogues gallery. If if I would have to put his rogue gallery in the top ten list of comic rogues gallery. His rogues gallery would be like in the top five. Mm. Bar none. You know, you have iconic villains like the Green Goblin, the Hobgoblin. Doc Ock. Doc Ock. Electro. Mephisto. Oh, yeah. Mephisto. Um, Which was almost responsible for his marital problems with Mary Jane. No, not that Mephisto. Um, That wasn't... He's not... No. Mephisto's not a Spider-Man villain. He's a Doctor Strange villain. Well, he's a Marvel villain in general. Um, the chameleon, uh, vulture man, the lizard, mm-hmm. Sandman, Sandman, yeah, Venom, v- Venom, Carnage, Carnage. himself, the the Clone Saga. <laughs> well, not well, not that type of thing. You know when uh, he was responsible for breaking uh, Gwen Stacy's neck. Oh, oh, yeah. And then the, the famous... The greatest and, burden of, of them all. And then the... Um, I guess you could probably go up to Batman and say, well, yeah, you, yeah, you may have lost your parents and, and, you know, getting shot up in an alley, but at least you weren't responsible for a loved one's death! I, a, a lot of people said that is where the Golden Age comics died. And Silver Age began. Uh. The death of Gwen Stacy. That issue. Isn't that the same issue with the famous cover where he threw away his uh, suit in the trash? No, but um, that was. But the thing was too about that issue was um, that one was iconic because no one ever saw it coming. Everyone thought, you know, he, you know, he like wrestling terms. It, it was a shoot, you know, <laughs> it was a work, and people bought into it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but every time, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll even say it myself, you know, every once in a while, once I get fed up with reading a lot of 
I'll, I'll I'll get fed up with reading a lot a lot of odd, weird, morbid, depressing, dark, dark, <laughs> DC dark <laughs> storylines and stuff like that. You know, uh, a palate cleanser of a comic. Uh, Spider Man. Why? I don't know. He, he he's just good. I'll read a couple issues if there's like a little mini story arc. I'll go read it and be like, oh okay, all right, that's good. Yeah, I like it. Okay, good. Refresh a, a breath of fresh air. All right, now go back to my stuff. You know, <laughs> but but yeah. But Spider Man's one of those comics that is just one of those heroes in the comics. You just like, you just can't help but just like, ah, you know, I love the guy. You know, I really, I really do. I love the character. I, I, you know, I, I love his world. I love his complexity. I love his flaws. I like the fact that they ridiculed Marvel and him at one point. Well, the people remember when uh, oh uh, Peter Parker died and everybody made a big deal and like uh, you know people like Colbert was like really, <laughs> you know there's a lot of terrible stuff go- going on in this world and you're upset because Miles Morales is the new Spider-Man because they killed off Peter Parker in a different universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, well, you gotta admit that was a that is a huge deal. Yeah, yeah. that's funny because I remember when I remember when Captain America died. I was like, ah, who? I was like, all right, I'll read it. Civil War, read it. I was like, eh, he'll come back. When I heard Spider-Man, when Peter Parker died, I was like, no way. Marvel's not that crazy enough to do it. <gasps> they did. Oh, my God. But I like Miles Morales as well. Who would have thunk it? You know? And I'll give I'll give credit where credit is due. That was ballsy. That was ballsy of them to do it. At least they didn't go the stupid way of, like, Superman. Oh, God. Yeah, everybody. Uh, everybody. Oof. You know, we bought it when we were kids too. Everybody was everybody was nuts to shit about it, buying all the comics or whatever. And, you know, and then all work. of a sudden, it was a work, and everyone was like, "What the fuck?" You know, I waited you know five hours in line at midnight or whatever, blah blah blah, in my local comic book store, and and then you know they're gonna bring them back to life. You know, you know my comic is worthless. And they throw it away. Mm-hmm. Although technically they shouldn't, but it's not really valuable. Um. If you have it in the bag sealed, yeah. Yeah. If you had the loose one, no. Yeah, um, I remember the bag black and it had the bloody Superman logo on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have left them dead. Um, but yeah, but. But yeah, people were ridiculed. Like, really? You know, Peter Parker's still alive. This is another Peter Parker from another universe who got killed and Miles Morales took his place. Really? You're not going to slow down and, you know, process this. He's not dead in the actual timeline. He's dead from another alternate universe. Continuity. <laughs> but still. It, but still. You know. Yeah, that did make huge news. Yeah, it did. Um, but yeah. There we go. 1962. A very important year in Marvel Comics. Um uh, not just in Marvel Comics history, but in comics in general, because if it wasn't for this year and it wasn't for Marvel releasing these books, releasing these characters, 
it would beg the question, would Marvel still be around? Would comics still be around? Well, they had to fall on Thor and uh, the Incredible Hulk, so the answer would be a no. Yeah. So. Come on, six issues, and then, you know, you know, another four years on the, the Thor with uh, that anthology. And, that, mm. and then that would have been it. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought? Alright, so thank you guys so much. I hope you guys had a wonderful time and having a wonderful week over there. And um, do yourself a favor. When you go to a comic store or you're with your kids or something like that, sit down and watch a Spider-Man cartoon. You might like it. Or look for the Japanese Spider-Man. <laughs> the only non-official Marvel um, Spider-Man thing that only approved by Stan Lee. Loved it so much he wished he would have brought it over and Marvel said no. Why? Why does he need a flying spider robot that transforms Didn't to blow up another giant robot? It makes no sense. But he loved it. That's what makes that show awesome. Is just <laughs> the randomness, the craziness. Oh yeah, and the Japanese Spider-Man was not bitten by a radioactive spider. No, no, he got his powers from people from the planet Spider or something. That's how he got his powers. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. But, but, I hope they But thanks to that show, it you know, as far as you know, drawing how uh, the you know how Spider-Man shoots his uh, his webs, he they, he got it right. They perfected it in that show. I just hope they put him in the, the, the multiversity too. I so hope that they do. Oh my god! Yeah, but then there's the classic issue of uh, licensing issues. No. No, no, no. Um, Toy says that they're willing to work with them. They just gotta. All they have to do is just like, okay, we gotta pick our. We gotta pick a voice actor who's gonna speak in Japanese. Japanese. That's all it is. And like the only person who can interpret it would be like Penny Parker. Huh. Oh yeah. I'm um, just reading you know, before we we wrap up. Uh, Spider Man. Came out in 79, 41 episodes, and one film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was inspiration for the 1981 Spider-Man TV series that I remember. Yeah. But it wasn't as awesome. crazy and awesome <laughs> as... Uh, or not as legendary as the Italian Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Like I said, what will Marvel do with So it's not Peter Parker, it's Takuya Yamashiro. Like I said, Marvel, what would he have done without Spider-Man? We wouldn't have these classic gems. Oh wait, hold on, before we go, I'm sorry. It's Spider-Protector, that's the suit, the Spider-Bracelet, as she's still webbing. The Spider-Strings, the Spider-Net. The Spider Machine GP7. That's his flying car. 
the Marveler. That's a spacecraft uh, that Gauria came in Earth with, to Earth with. Yeah. Uh, the the Leopardon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> he also shoot a gun. Yeah. So yeah, the, uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> they need to bring this Spider-Man over. I hope they do. Like if they into the Spider-Verse too, they have to have this guy in. They have to have the Japanese Spider-Man or the Italian Spider-Man or both. <laughs> they have to. Oh, uh, that'd be awesome. That would be. Yeah. Alright, well, I hope you guys have a wonderful time. Have a wonderful week. Go enjoy Japanese Spider-Man if you can. Please watch it. <laughs> you know, watch. And have a great week. Until then, take care. Yo-ho!